Hello, my creative brothers and sisters, Sourdough here. And I want to tell you about some cool new things we got for you at notrealart.com. We just launched our artist education program where you can learn and grow your arts career. We call it the Not Real Art School. Not Real Art School features five free courses with top artists and business experts, all who spoke at our Creators Conference in 2019. Our free courses include important business topics for any artist, such as how to protect your art, how to market your art, how to license your art, and even how to pitch your ideas in Hollywood. Our Not Real Art School program also contains free career advice from top artists who tell you how they achieve success in their careers. These artists include Jorge Gutierrez, Logan Hicks, Julie B., and Human. Take advantage of this empowering content today. Just visit notrealart.com and click on the school link to get access to this valuable educational content. And the best part is, it's all free. Yes, free. So you have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Visit notrealart.com today to learn this important business knowledge and grow your arts career. Here's more good news. Not Real Art now offers a new art buying program in collaboration with LA-based art publisher Sugar Press Art. This is great news because now you can easily buy cutting-edge contemporary art at affordable prices and get free shipping with every purchase simply by going to notrealart.com. Sugar Press publishes over 80 amazing contemporary artists that I know you'll love. Artists include Colette Miller, Aaron Yoshi, Jorge Gutierrez, Man One, Risk, Tanner Goldbeck, Max Neutra, Two Fly, and many, many more. To take advantage of our new art buying program, simply go to notrealart.com, click on shop, and you'll be there. You'll find all these amazing artists at affordable prices, and you'll get free shipping. Okay, heads up, my creative brothers and sisters. Not Real Art now has an exclusive membership program designed just for you. If you're an artist or an art lover and you appreciate what we do here at Not Real Art and you'd like to join the family and help support the cause and celebrate creative culture and the artists who make it, please consider becoming a member today. Your membership will help support our work, such as funding our artist grant and production costs for all the programs and content we produce. Your membership will also help us stay independent and commercial free. And when you do become a member, you'll get valuable benefits and perks we think you'll find very cool. And becoming a member is super affordable. Just $5 a month for artists and $10 a month for art lovers. So to become a member of the Not Real Art family, simply go to notrealart.com, click on membership to sign up, and help us celebrate and elevate the creative culture we love and the artists who make it. Thank you. Warning. The Not Real Art Podcast is intended for creative audiences only. The Not Real Art Podcast celebrates creativity and creative culture worldwide. It contains material that is fresh, fun and inspiring and is not suitable for boring old art snobs. Now, let's get started and enjoy the show. Greetings and salutations, my creative brothers and sisters. Welcome to Not Real Art, the podcast that celebrates creative culture and the artists who make it. I'm your host, Sourdough, and you're stuck with me today because my co-host and partner in Crime Man 1 is on assignment, so uh, he'll get back, I guess, when his uh, artwork is complete. So you're stuck with me for a few minutes here. I don't know, man. I mean, I'm buzzing. There's a lot going on, right? I mean, the world is uh, crazy. You know, we got a lot of shit going on. This shit is real. And um, we got to stay focused. You know, we got to, we got to, you know, stay strong. And uh, we also got to lead with love and compassion and empathy because, you know, the world needs more of that. But what we got to do is, you know, we got to fucking vote for change in the fall, man. We got to get Trump out. And uh, so if you haven't registered to vote, you got to get out there and do that. Every state is different. Some some states take a month to register. So, uh, you know, get out there, 
get registered to vote so you can be heard. Uh, this presidential election, arguably the most consequential we've had, certainly in my lifetime, if not the history of our country. And uh, vote for change. You know, this vote isn't necessarily a vote for Biden. It's a vote against Trump. I'm not excited about Biden. You know, give, don't get me wrong, but I'm going to be voting for him because I'm voting against Trump. I, you know, it's fucking douchebag. Like, really, like, I'm just sick of it. And, you know, like when he got elected, I was like super disappointed. You know, I voted for Hillary, but I was like, OK, I respect the office. He's a president. Maybe he'll, you know, maybe he'll surprise us. But boy, was I wrong. <laughs> so jokes on me uh, and all of us, for that matter, because, uh, boy, is he fucking things up and uh, we just got to get him out. And, you know, Biden's definitely old school legacy politician. But you know what? He's uh, lesser of the evils. He's better than Trump. And with Kamala by his side, you know, she's definitely represents the future of this country. And um, so, you know, whatever. I mean, just vote and don't waste your vote by not voting. I know you may not be excited about Biden. You know, maybe you wanted Bernie. Maybe you wanted uh, Elizabeth Warren. And we're stuck with Biden. But, hey, you know what? The point is to get Trump out. So anyway, get out there, register to vote, make your voices be heard. But man, I'm just great. I'm just, I'm just uh, happy to be back here talking to you guys, and uh, I'm so grateful for you guys tuning in and continuing to support everything we're doing here at Not Real Art. And uh, we've launched a bunch of cool new stuff on the website. You probably heard the promotion up front, but definitely go to NotRealArt.com. Check out our Not Real Art School. Check out our Not Real Art membership program. You know, when it comes time to buy some art, come to notrealart.com, click on shop and buy art through our collab with Sugar Press Art. You'll get free shipping. So a lot of good stuff going on at notrealart.com. So definitely check that out. But but I got to say, I miss my boy, man, one. I wish he was here. It's not the same. You know, it's like with the COVID thing, it's like, shit, I have, we've barely seen each other except for, of course, on FaceTime or IG. Maybe you guys were checking us out on IG uh, earlier in the in the summer. But, uh, you know, we're back. We're back for our fall programming here after taking the summer off. And, uh, you know, so it's it's cool to be back. I'm just grateful to be here with you and um, so grateful for your support. And, um, you know, you guys are probably aware that we have our artist grant. And, uh, you know, in 2019, we launched a grant. We awarded a thousand bucks to 12 artists. And we also supported them. We gave them a show. We had them on the podcast so on and so forth. Um, and we're going to, we did the same in 2020 and we awarded, well, we changed it up a bit. We, we awarded $2,000 to six artists. So $12,000 total was the grant, but we awarded those grants in March. And it's not just about the money though. It's about a platform. We want to support them, elevate them, honor them uh, and help them tell their stories and promote their work. So we want to have them on the podcast. We've got some other cool stuff happening, but you know, today, we uh, we have an interview with one of our grant winners, and uh, she's super badass artist, uh, Paloma Montoya. I mean, her work is fierce. It's so powerful. It's dark, but it's funny too. And she just she's you know, she's just a badass. I mean, she's a young, emerging, independent artist, but just so much talent. And I was so grateful that she submitted her application to the grant, and we were able to choose her as one of our recipients. And by the way, if you're an artist out there, be sure to apply for our 2021 grant. Uh, just go to notrealart.com, click on grant and fill out uh, the forms, what have you. Uh, of course, we'll be announcing the winners uh, in the spring of 2021. So get on that. But Paloma Montoya, man, she's awesome. And uh, really enjoyed talking to her. I think you will enjoy the interview. I will admit though, that, you know, in this COVID age, we're moving and grooving in terms of the technology. It's a little sketchy. <laughs> we have a few glitches. Uh, we had to do this one over Zoom and the internet wasn't working so great, whatever. So the sound quality is not at all up to our own expectations, uh, let alone yours. And so, you know, please put up with us uh, over the next many episodes as our production quality is suffers a little bit. Uh, because we're not in our studio face-to-face using our fancy microphones like we prefer to do. And so um, anyway, so just you've been warned, all right? So be patient. We appreciate you uh, 
putting up with the uh, low fidelity, as they say. But anyway, enough about that and enough of me yammering on. Let's get into this interview with the smart, talented, and charming Paloma Montoya. Paloma Montoya, welcome to the Not Real Art Podcast. Hi. Hi. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 want, I hope we have video on this too. Um, at the very least, we'll get the audio. It is so great to have you on the podcast. Do you listen to podcasts? Do you have time for podcasts at all in your life? I don't really listen to podcasts. I usually just listen to whatever it is I have on my iTunes library when I'm working on stuff. So I don't really listen to podcasts. I get a lot of recommendations for them, but you know, I just end up doing my own thing, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, yeah. the, 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 the dirty little secret about podcasts is that there are so many of them. It's like, yeah. you know, it's like impossible to kind of like find the ones that you like. But so we just decided to make our own and uh, we love doing this and we're just so grateful to have you on the podcast today to celebrate you and tell your story, not just as an artist, but specifically as a Not Real Art Grant winner. Uh, you are one of our, the six uh, Not Real Art Grant recipients this year. We're so proud of the six recipients and the amazing talent that's represented there. And uh, so welcome to the Not Real Art family. Yay! Yay! <laughs> uh, where, 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 do you remember where you were and what you were doing when you heard uh, that you won the grant? Um, I've actually, I just remember at that time, um, I was just looking, like checking my emails and things like that. Because I think it was just once where you guys had changed when you were going to reveal the, the grant recipients yes. yes at our conference so, we had to cancel right yes but i was pretty much on edge like <laughs> i just <laughs> i knew that this would help me so for me it was just constantly checking and yeah. you know seeing if i'd be one of the recipients yeah but i was the day of the announcement I was just on the computer, <laughs> just waiting for the time. That's so great. Yeah, I mean, the the timing uh, was so weird, right? Because obviously, you know, receiving a grant is always helpful, but this year especially helpful, given all hell breaking loose. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. How how have right. you been faring? Um, you know, so many artists who are incredibly productive during this time. I know a lot of artists are having a, a hard. You know, some artists that are. Uh, having a difficult time uh, being productive? Uh, how, how have you been faring? Usually around this time, there would be a lot of events happening, um, gallery shows, you know, a lot of in-person things like art walks. And so that definitely slowed down. I had uh, some events planned before the, the quarantine happened, mm -hmm. but then they got canceled. And they're still kind of slowly easing into in-person events like gallery shows and things like that. So I, I would say for myself, it's been difficult mostly, um, but I've been fortunate enough to be an, a part of some online galleries because a, a lot of galleries and like art collectives and things like that are putting shows together online. Yep. So I've been fortunate enough to participate in some of those and sell a couple of pieces through those so um but you know for me it's definitely not the same you know um i definitely miss being out there and you know talking to people and seeing you know my art peers and, and things like that and it's been mostly difficult it's been mostly difficult but just trying to push through it yeah would you say you're um you've been more productive since you, have you had more time to paint or have you is has it been hard to find motivation to actually you know paint and create at first it was hard to find that motivation just because i think like all of us were kind of going through this weird not just the, the pandemic but there's a lot of like political and social issues going on right now and and for me that affected me deeply so i was having a difficult time with that just because i felt like my energy should be kind of put there 
Yes. But now, right now, I'm not on Instagram. And Instagram's usually, it's kind of like my workplace, in other words. Mm -hmm. So right now, I'm just taking a break from that. And I'm just working on, I've been fortunate enough to get commission works, commission projects from clients and things like that. So I'm currently working on that right now. And hopefully at this time, while I have my little break from Instagram, um, I will start on some personal pieces that I've been wanting to do for a while now. So great. Yeah, that's, that, that's, yeah. that's wonderful. The clients that you mentioned, are these private collectors commissioning you? Are they uh, more uh, corporate clients? Uh, oh, uh, private collectors. Nicole, private yeah. Collectors. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Do you ever do any work for, for brands or corporate clients? Uh, the last time I did, uh, I did a piece for, I, I, I made a design for Converse and that was last year for Hispanic Heritage Month. Mm -hmm. So they selected three artists to submit a design that was reflective of their Latino background. Mm -hmm. And so I submitted a design for that. The, and then, you know, they had, um, they had a shoe line come out with our designs, which was really cool. And it was really exciting. It was an exciting experience. But that only lasted for the month for Hispanic Heritage Month. And so that was the last time I had I had done something for like a big company. And yeah, but it was, it was so fun. Yeah, I just I, I love the freedom of it. And yeah, and then also just kind of putting a little piece of myself, a part of myself that I valued in regard to my background as a brown person and I loved it. It was fun. So much fun. How did that opportunity come to you? Oh, so I, I was found on Instagram by, um, I guess, I guess you would call him a sneakerhead. Yeah. Yeah. So I was found by this, um, sneakerhead dude. Who, he's the one who kind of created this opportunity for, for other Latino artists. Okay. So, um, he was looking for different artists that have a Latino background, but are are also from here, from the United States. And so um, he just told me that he searched for Los Angeles artists, and I came up and and he emailed me, and then that's how it happened. So has Instagram been a net positive for you, a net a net neutral, or a, or I can't imagine it's been a negative thing for you. But how do you feel about Instagram? Because I know it has you know blessings and curses. Instagram for me, it's it definitely helps from the artist aspect of it, artist slash business aspect of it. However, I feel like outside of that, outside of it being just business, I am not really <laughs> like I'm not really a a social media person. So for the most part, I I think it helps. It helps if you're an artist and you know you're trying to get yourself out there and and things like that. But um. Yeah, for other things, probably mostly negative. <laughs> it's just like, you know, the news and just, I don't know. Yeah, it, well, it's, and it's, I, I, you know, I've talked to so many artists about this, and it seems like some artists enjoy it because it allows them to engage and communicate without actually having to talk to people. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. I, okay, I do. I do love that part of it. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Exactly. I do like that part of it. Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm such a huge introvert, so for me, that's a plus. I I, so I do appreciate Instagram for that reason. Um, but I think I I've come to find that as an artist, I feel like it's probably lately, and there's more people coming out and more like organizations coming out to help artists and to like fund us and things like that. And so um, there's become more in-person interactions. So I have done interviews, like in-person interviews and, and um, things like that. And so some aspects about it, it it's kind of, it kind of takes me a little bit out of my comfort zone, but or are I'm willing to, to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do appreciate that aspect of Instagram, but for the most part, I'm not really a social media person. Um, so I just take advantage of it and I just try and look at it as like a business kind of platform. Yeah. So being a bit of an introvert, as you said, do you find going to shows and networking and meeting collectors and meeting people, do you find that to be a painful, challenging uh, process or do you just sort of lean into it, embrace it and just sort of go with it? Oh, I, 
I definitely just go with it. Yeah. yeah. I just, I do get like a little bit of anxiety before those moments and things like that. But then I just kind of, yeah, I just push through it. And then, and sometimes, um, they kind of take a lot of energy out of me. <laughs> so then I just kind of need like a nice little break afterward. Yeah, I just do it. I, I feel like it's a lot different for me right now rather than what I used to do, which was work at an elementary school. Yes. And it's definitely a difference when you're into, you go into something, a career choice, you go into something and you're passionate about it. And I feel like for me, I'm just been willing to do anything like step outside of my comfort zone at, at least and talk to people and you know drive out to certain locations and things like that whereas at my previous occupation I would not have done that just because you know my heart wasn't in it <laughs> you know so um you so so in this case I would just I just go go for it yeah yeah, yeah it, it's it's such an interesting conundrum for artists in particular and, uh, you know, I've, I've talked to artists about this a lot. And, you know, as I've said, it's perfectly okay to be antisocial and it's perfectly okay to hate people. I mean, I hate people too, <laughs> but. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, but it, it's <laughs> not, but it's, but it's not okay, right, to be inarticulate about, about our work, right? Like if somebody asks us about our work, like that's when we should like get excited. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. You know? And by the way, like, I want to just say, like, your work is so fierce. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's so fierce. Like, I just like that was the word that like came to mind when I saw your your work. I was just like, I want to get in her head, man. Like, uh, <laughs> there's a lot going on in there. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really awesome hearing that. It's like a strength um, and a power. It's, it's so fierce. I love it. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, my work is just, uh, it's taken me a while to develop this style. I actually had developed this style and this character that you see often in my pieces. I developed her like, I want to say like 10 plus years ago. And then I kind of put her away. And then I brought her back when I went to school. I wasn't going to school for a long time for art. But then I decided to go back around 2015 and I took a design class. And so that's when um, I brought her back and then it just stuck and then it just felt right. It just felt like a part of me, you know? And so, um, yeah, it's definitely the message and, and the style of my work is definitely, it can be dark, but then like, I also try to make it satirical. Yes. Right. And so, um, and I, and I, what I try to do when a viewer looks at my work is just like, kind of have fun with it but also really read into it and realize that it, that there's a message there's a story and sometimes it's dark you know and um so there's kind of a contrast there that i have a lot of fun with yeah well that was the thing that i appreciated about it too because i could totally pick up on the like you know darker kind of elements but there's actually a uh it's like dark. It's like dark humor. Like like it's dark, but then there's right, yeah, funny about it too. Yeah, exactly. It's fun. What's interesting about that for me is that I think in person, when someone is interacting with me in person, I don't think I bring out that humor as much, yeah. right? So it definitely comes out more in my art, and I think when it comes to other people's perspective of my work they read it better and they relate to it a lot better. And so for me, it's definitely like, it's the perfect platform for me to articulate what I want to say and my message and, and things like that and do it in the way that I want to do it, you know, and also have fun with it. What's her name? Your character. Oh, Lola. Lola. Tell me about, <laughs> yeah. tell me about Lola. What's Lola's story? Yeah. That name came about. So this is when I when I just barely made her up. I was trying. To, I was probably I don't know nineteen or something like that, early twenties, when I was trying to. I wanted to get into like the graffiti scene, so I wanted to have like my own stickers and stencils and stuff like that. So I wanted to make a character of my own, and so I had made her up. And she's inspired by 
vintage cartoons and little Betty. Boop. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. I, I wasn't conscious of that, but then other people started pointing it out, but, um, that's okay. <laughs> but then, like I, I had to try and make her my own a little bit, you know, cause sometimes she'll have like fangs and things like that. Or like I'll create her in, um, a different form, like a wolf or something like that. And so, um, so when I came up with her, it was, I wanted her to have like a saying or something. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to have her have like a little speech bubble and have her have like a little saying. So the thing that I would, the, what I would put in is LOL and sometimes OMG. And I would do that with like a weird, creepy image. Like maybe I'll draw her as with a fly head, you know, or like I'll draw I remember a sticker I made was like the, a dinosaur's body and then her head at the top, her head instead of like an actual dinosaur head. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the speech bubble would say, oh, my God, or LOL. So for me at the time, it was just making fun of uh, the way we communicate now, you know, so people don't really, <laughs> we don't really use like full sentences or when we kind of try to relate to another person. At least for me, when I read text now, sometimes they can be interpreted, misinterpreted as being um, insensitive just because of what LOL stands for or OMG. I just feel like those kind of abbreviations tend to minimize conversations. Yep. So I would just do this little LOL because it's like a cute like teenage thing, like, you know, and so I would just do this LOL against an image of my character and she might look like a giant fly or like there's a painting I did for a class where she's like really happy, but like she doesn't have, (laughs) she doesn't have her skin. So it's just muscles exposed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then then it says LOL. (laughs) So then from, from LOL, I just came up with Lola. Nice. And so that's just how she got her name. Yeah. <laughs> I'm reminded of that old saying about, you know, he who laughs lasts and Lola is laughing through all kinds of crazy shit. So she's, yeah. she's, she's yeah. going to be around, man. She's not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. I think that captures her personality perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's so groovy. That's so groovy. So when, I mean, how old were you when you, said to yourself, I'm an artist and I and I know I'm an artist and this is what I want to do with my life. I would say maybe four or five. I mean, I still remember drawing on the walls and drawing on documents, you know, bills and things like that that belong to my grandmother. And um, <laughs> Wait, that's you know, I would draw. Turn. Don't draw. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I would draw on... Um, her address books and things like that. And so um, I always knew, I I remember just as a child, I always knew I wanted to be um, an artist. And I was very fortunate to have teachers to um, push me in that direction. Of course, as I got older, you know, I definitely fell into the whole capitalist idea that art is not really a career to be taken seriously. It doesn't really generate as much income as like somebody from the opposite end of the spectrum, an engineer, whatever. And so for me, I felt pressured by that. So I gave, I gave it up for a while. So I stopped drawing and and I started to go to school for um, child development so that I could become a teacher. Yeah. Well, another art form, right? Teaching. Yeah, but, yeah, but not the art of form or the medium that you that you necessarily wanted. I yes. mean, I totally hear you, right? Because I mean, you know, I I grew up in the Midwest and in a very sort of you know, dare I say, sort of like salt of the earth, practical, pragmatic kind of culture. You know, so like this idea of a real job. You know, it's like, oh, you know, you need a real job. And yeah. you know, so many of my artist friends growing up who were musicians or whatever, I mean, their parents said, you know, that's not a real job. You know, you've got to go earn a living. You're not going to earn a living. Um, right. It sounds like you were kind of going through a similar kind of struggle uh, in your own mind. Were you, was that pressure also coming from your parents or was it just sort of self-imposed? It was a little bit of both. It wasn't really from my parents. It was mostly from just 
the family I was surrounded by. And then it was also just self-imposed because I just feel, you know, as I was growing up, that's what I was told, you know, people asking me what I wanted to do. And then if I'd say I want to do an art or I'd like to be in a gallery someday, I would always get that kind of reaction, like, really, that's what you want to do. And and then also my family just my brother went to school for engineering. So he had his he got his degree for engineering, his master's degree for engineering in UCLA. And then he got a, another master's degree for business at UCLA. And then my sister went for social sciences and then later for social work. And, you know, my cousins too kind of did things more along those lines. So it just kind of went into my head that that's what I should be doing, mm-hmm. you know? And even though I didn't feel... I have huge respect for teachers and I definitely enjoyed some aspects of my job as a teacher aide at the elementary school for LASD, but it was not, my heart was not in it. Um, and I, I knew that I've always wanted to be an artist. And so, yeah, that's, that's what I chose to be. It took me a very, very, very long time to get there and a very long time for me to be comfortable with that idea. Right. Right. It is, it is such a journey to discover oneself, isn't it? And to have the courage, you know, to, 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 be who you are. You know, I guess the phrase these days is, you know, own your truth or what have you. Right. Um, right. And cause there is so much pressure, whether it's imposed or external or, or whatever. And, uh, you know, it takes a lot of courage and, um, most people, sadly, it seems don't have the courage of their convictions. And, you know, often, uh, that, that old saying about, you know, most people live lives of quiet desperation, um, mm-hmm. comes from this idea, right. That, that, well, they're unhappy and they're miserable in part because maybe they lack the courage to, to, to take those risks. Yeah, I, I, t- I definitely agree with that. And that's not something that I, you know, I wanted for myself. You know, I, I made the decision to be a full-time artist when I hit 30. And so far, um, so far being an artist, has, those have, they have been the best years of my life so far. Yeah. And I've been the most happiest and, you know, the most confident and secure in myself and who I am when I made that decision to be a full-time artist. Well, you know, you explained in your interview that uh, for you, creating art is a transcendent experience that you sort of lose, maybe my words, not yours, but like it's in reading and reading about it, sort of, it sounded like you sort of lose all sense of time and space when you're making your art, you're sort of beyond even happiness. You're beyond you know, like, mm-hmm. like beyond any feeling sounds like a spiritual experience. Really. Oh yeah, definitely. It's definitely that it's, it's been, um, therapeutic. I think it's helped me. It's pretty much saved me. I do. I definitely do struggle with like keeping up with my art career sometimes. And sometimes that's just due to other factors where I just feel like not motivated or maybe there's just other things that I'm kind of experiencing, you know, in my personal life. But for me, I always go to that. It's always, it's always been my number one go-to for help and therapy and, you know, support. That's art has always been that for me. It's your therapy in a way. It sounds like, yeah, 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 I totally get that. You know, I, I'm looking back at my life. I just have to, you know, it's pretty clear that some of my happiest moments, if not my happiest moments, have been either when I've been outdoors, you know, like, you know, enjoying nature, or mm-hmm. when I've been creating, working with creative people, you know, making stuff or whatever. You know, like there's just a purity and integrity in that. Definitely. What is your biggest struggle as an artist? I mean, you know, classically, artists, you know, talk about, um, you know, the business side of things being, you know, perhaps their, their least favorite or their most challenging, but talk a little bit about, about some of your, your pain points and your challenges as, as an artist, as you've been growing. And I do agree with the business aspect of it being challenging. I think for me, sometimes, um, as an introvert, I also deal with anxiety and depression. And so sometimes when I have to do things that kind of go outside of my comfort zone and that's just simple things like going to in-person interviews sometimes having gallery shows i get huge anxiety when um i'm bending 
mm-hmm. you know, I'm trying to sell like my art merchandise and things like that. And so I think sometimes that that has been a challenge for me because it takes up so much of my energy, you know, it takes up so much of my energy. And, and, and for me, I would just, it would be nice for art to be just art where you're just like creating, you know, you're just at home and you're creating and, and then you go off of that, but it's unfortunately, unfortunately not like that, especially if you want to survive as an artist, you have to kind of go out there and work and, you know, push yourself and things like that. So sometimes that can be depleting for me. And when I'd rather just be creating personal pieces, but then I have like commission projects and, and, and for the most part, I have fun with uh, commission or commission pieces, but sometimes they're not really my style. You know, it's usually something that the client requests that's, you know, I don't usually work or something that has to be professional or so sometimes that can feel like a drag because I just want to do like my thing, you know? So I think for me, that part is hard, just kind of like staying on top of your, of your artist career path and, you know, being mindful of clients, being mindful of, of organizations, collectives that want to be involved with you, staying on top of emails, staying on top of your online shop, which I have and networking and things like that. So it can be kind of sometimes for me, it feels like that takes up more time than being an artist and painting, you know? Yeah. That's the fun part, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's the fun part. Yeah. And so do you, are you rigorous or disciplined about sort of organizing your time around like, okay, you know, I got to, I'm going to do the business stuff on Fridays because it's the end of the week and you know, I'll save it to last. Or do you like to get the business stuff done up front first to just get it out of the way? Or do you just sort of fit it in whenever you sort of have time or do you, how do you approach your, your, your process, both in terms of not just creating work, but also, you know, managing the business? I'm pretty good with that. I think I'm good with like lists and schedules and and things like that. So I am, you know, when things need to get done, I, I, I definitely find a way it's not entirely complicated. I think the only thing is just like, uh, like I have to do this. Like this has to get done. That's the only thing that's kind of like, it will make me procrastinate maybe for the most part. It hasn't been difficult um, navigating that on my own. Obviously lately I've been doing that a lot less because I think right now it's just kind of hard to get business. People aren't really looking to buy art right now. You know, art's not necessarily essential so it's not essential in the sense that people right now at, at, at this point in time want to spend money on art but more on things that are essential and you know that will last them a long time or whatever during this pandemic so that has been a little bit um, difficult for me as far as navigating the business aspect of it but I, I tend to stay on top of things balancing you know art the business side and you know, I, I think I'm pretty good at it. Yeah, it sounds like it sounds like it. In terms of your art practice, I mean, do you have a pretty regular schedule in terms of when you're in the studio painting? Or again, do you do you take each day kind of as it comes and 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 you know, in terms of how you feel or how do you approach the actual process of creating work? I try not to force it. I definitely have those moments where um, you know, if I'm on Instagram and I look at other artists and I see that they're constantly pulling out new pieces and they're doing a mural over here, they're traveling over here to do another mural. And so I definitely feel the pressure of that. And sometimes I feel like I have to be creating, I have to make something. And But for me, I realize that that's I wouldn't create anything that's sincere if I'm just forcing it, you know. For me, I would just, I just take things day by day. You know, if I feel like sometimes when I have an idea um, for a new piece, I'll have that idea for years, even months, and I'm just kind of developing it and, and working on it in my brain. Yeah. And then one day it's just like, it'll feel like, okay, I have to start working on it. Like it just feels right to start right. working on it. 
and whatever it was I was developing in my mind for months at a, for months or years, it, it just comes out. Yes. You know, so, but I can't be, I can't work like, okay, Monday and Wednesday, I'm going to work on this project. And then, you know, Tuesday and Thursday, I'm going to try this idea. Like I can't work that way. Cause then it just feels like I'm making myself work. Like I'm just forcing it, you know? And then I'm just kind of going along the lines with what other artists are doing or, you know, what they can do for themselves. If, I mean, if, if there are artists out there that, are, that can always pull stuff out, you know, on a daily basis or however, then that obviously is just, is just me. That's another problem about Instagram. <laughs> it all comes back. To but, yeah. And so I have to, I have to just listen to myself. I have to listen to what's right for me creatively at the time when to create and, you know, rather than feel pressured and because then the work doesn't come out the way that I want it to come out. Yeah, no, I totally get that. I mean, there are so many things that I just, you know, I call it, you know, they're little phrases. I'll call it chewing, you know, like I'm chewing or I'm marinating or whatever, but like whatever's like in my head, like it's just, I'm just sitting, mm -hmm. you know, I'm just like letting it do its thing, like whatever it is. Mm -hmm. and, and then it, and then boom, one, one day it's sorted. You know, I have a point yeah. of view. I understand how I feel or what I'm thinking. It's like, okay, you know, let's, let's get to work. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, you talked about, you know, some of the anxiety um, that you wrestle with, you know, as an artist, as an introvert, what have you. And I mean, these are such stressful times anyway, on so many levels. You know, how are you approaching self-care? How are you how are you loving yourself? How are you dealing with making sure that, you know, you're healthy and uh, and have some peace? I'm learning. I'm just in the process of learning to listen to my body. And I think after growing up and being told that if you're active, you're constantly doing something, you know, you're not just sitting on your butt, like, you know, that makes you, which is also like part of the capitalist idea, right? Like you constantly have to be working and things like that. Don't be lazy. Don't rest you know, you have or overworking yourself is like admirable, you know? Yeah. So, um, I definitely had that kind of mindset for a long time and it was detrimental to me. Sure. And so now I just kind of, um, listen, I listen to my body and, you know, I rest when I need to rest and I do my best to self-talk and not make myself feel guilty about it. And, yeah. And I take, I take my time, you know, I take my time before starting on projects or when I'm working on projects, like I said before, I try not to force things, you know, because then that just, that, that will just weigh on me more, mm -hmm. you know, if I, if I put the pressure on myself to create something new or I have to be working, I have to be working, I have to be out there, get myself out there, then it just doesn't feel enjoyable anymore. Do you have a spiritual practice that helps you at all? Do you, what, what is your, what is your point of view in terms of the meaning of it all? Oh, wow. <laughs> the big one. <laughs> Gosh, where do I even start? <laughs> at the beginning. I don't, even, <laughs> I don't even know how to answer that. You can pass. 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 Hard pass. Hard pass. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's well, well, by the way, I'm having you back on the podcast. We're going to have this conversation. It'll be a different episode. How's that? Okay. I'm up for it. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah. No, I mean, I asked this because, you know, we all have our, our faith, whatever it is we have, right. you know, beliefs, whatever it is, is all very personal thing. And, um, and, you know, now I feel like, you know, people's faith is being, being tested in, in really interesting and in powerful ways. And Oh yeah, definitely. Uh -huh. times and you know, how do we find peace, you know, in the chaos and, and artists are in my view, I mean, you know, can teach other people a lot, I think about trying to see the truth, you know, because I mean, I think artists are truth tellers, truth seekers, truth. Tellers, oh yeah. yeah definitely. Right. 
you know, but it's, you know, but the truth can be a very personal thing too. You know, I'm personally a born again pagan. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I, oh, okay. you know, I, I'm a, you know, I lost my religion a long time ago, but I, mm-hmm. you know, I found my, my gods, if you will, in nature. And, you know, so. Oh, I think that's awesome. I think that sounds beautiful. Well, we grew up with a Catholic background, but I definitely, I abandoned that very early on. Like, when I was in middle school, mm-hmm. I don't believe, okay, I do believe in the power of just us, ourselves. So I, for me, it took a very, very long time for me to believe that I have that power to control my own destiny and and also realize that the things that I do, the things that I accomplish and the things that, you know, occur in my life, whether negative or positive, I'm the one who has some kind of influence and power over that. So I definitely believe in the self. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that there's something out there that's, you know, determining, you know, your path or is, you know, I don't believe in God. I believe in God in a different sense. I do believe in like the universe having we us having a connection to the universe and us having connections with each other. I do believe in that. But yeah, I don't believe in man-made gods. <laughs> or <laughs> I definitely think like a lot of other religions are interesting. Man-made religions are interesting. I I really love. Um, religions from ancient civilizations, Aztec religion and things like that. But I do not care for Catholicism. I do not care for Christianity. And there's that. I could just start there. I'll start yeah. right there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm, I'm feeling like, you know, we could like, you know, like I'm tempted to like get into this whole conversation about like monotheism versus polytheism and, and all of that, because I've just been, I've been watching, um, the Vikings uh, series on Amazon and uh-huh. know, like so great because like they're the pagans, right. And, and yeah. Christians and, but the, the pagans, you know, they have all these gods and, and I just, I mean, that was such a huge deal, right. For a religion to say, no, 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 there's not many gods. There's one God. Just one. Yeah. One. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we know hap- we just happen to know who it is. <laughs> you know? It's like, right. 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 Sure. Yeah. Sure. You do. Yeah, right. Yeah. What else you selling? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh shit, you have a gun. Oh crap. I guess I got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Paloma, I am I am so grateful to 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 know you and connect with you and and I'm so happy that you that you submitted to the Not Real Art Grant. How did you how did you find out about the Not Real Art Grant? Do you remember? Well, this artist, there's an artist that I follow, a female artist that I follow who applied last year and then she she was a recipient. I don't know her last name, but her first name is Maria and she goes by Delves. Yeah, Delves. Oh, yeah. 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 I love Delves. So it was through her that I found out about applying to, to Not Real Art Grant. So, um, yeah, I'm just thankful to that. I thought it was re- what I think was really, really cool that I noticed was that the recipients were diverse. The recipients were diverse because I do notice, because I do a lot of like work for myself as far as like applying to galleries, submitting work to galleries. And, and I'm not going to lie, but I, I do notice that a lot of these names and these, and um, these galleries and grant recipients and things, a lot of these names to me, they sound white. Yeah. You know, so, so, when I saw that, when I saw your guys' Instagram and the recipients, I was like, this is fucking cool. This is so badass because, um, yeah, I saw brown people, you know, just different kinds of people there. And so um, I decided to give it a shot because I personally feel for me that there's not a lot of opportunities for people of color or people who are mar- marginalized, right? And so, um, yeah, I'm just thankful for that. I just think that's awesome. Right. Oh, that's fucking great. I'm stoked. (laughs) You know, because that's just who we are. Like, like, I mean, you know, we, we live in the world and the world is filled with all kinds of interesting and unique and different people and souls. And, you know, and so, 
we want our organization uh, to represent our ethos. And our ethos is, you know, come one, come all, you know. Um, right. And, uh, you know, so so it's, it's so that's super uh, makes me uh, very happy to hear you say that. So but it must be weird getting a grant from an organization called Not Real Art. What does not real art mean to you with that phrase? You know, some 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 artists, um, uh, you know, might think twice about that. Yeah, I know. I <laughs> I can't remember who or someone DM'd me on Instagram and said that it was more of an insult. It, it comes out as more of an insult. But the way that I interpreted not real art right. was that you guys look at at art that's not because there's definitely like a class system in art, right? Yep. There's like high art and then and for me, high art is usually really boring. I can't be in those galleries. It's just like really stuffy people, mostly white with a lot of money, right? And yes. so I feel like not real art is kind of like making fun of that or like it's basically just saying that, hey, like this is the kind of art that you guys don't like and you guys aren't really providing opportunities for. You know what I mean? You guys aren't really looking at and um um, so it's just kind of like that phrase is just making fun of that because I feel like people that are in kind of, uh, the high art community do say that they do look at pop surrealism and lowbrow art and say, that's not really what art is. This is not art. Like, it's just trash. It's just like, you know, weird cartoony graffiti stuff and, um, street art stuff or whatever. So. The, that's how I interpreted it. So for me, it was really cool because that just tells me that I'm not part of the norm, I guess, right? That there's something unusual and unique about my art and it is art and it doesn't look boring like <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like stuff you would see at maybe a high art gallery or something like that. I'm, I'm, I'm smiling from ear to ear and laughing along with you because, you know, basically you, you, I mean, you just hit the nail on the head. I mean, you know, we, um, well, for starters, I mean, you get fine. You can have a debate about what is good or bad art, but mm -hmm. you can't debate what is, what is, or isn't real art. I mean, <laughs> you know, right. 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 And, right. and, and, and so, yes, absolutely. How many artists do we celebrate today? that were told in their times that they were that, well, that's not real art. That's not legitimate. You know, mm -hmm. whether it was Basquiat or Warhol or, or Pollock or Picasso mm -hmm. or whatever, like, you know, artists are, are innovators. They're, uh, they're, they're magicians, you know, they create things out of nothing. And, you know, gallerists mm -hmm. and the people that run the art world are just looking for things they can sell. Like that's right. it. And yes. so it's like, Oh, it, Oh, that's not real art. Oh, you really mean that you can't sell it. Okay, right. Different conversation. Right. And so mm -hmm. the, the phrase not real art was absolutely kind of a fuck you to yeah. the, the, the <laughs> exactly. establishment, you know, and um, and it's hilarious because and I love asking artists this question because because, it, you know, it's interesting to hear what people say. But 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 artists tend to get the joke immediately. Like like when I tell yeah. them they get it immediately, they get the satire, they get the, you know, and then when I talk to, you know, more established art world uh, uh, professionals, uh, gallerists or patrons or whatever, they just scratch their head and they go, I don't understand. You know, what, what yeah, you that's, you know, it's, I, I only do real art. <laughs> like, yeah, it's so that mindset is so weird. I just, I don't know. I don't know. I could go into like a conversation about that, but yeah, I love, I, I like the name. I like that. It's, I definitely took it as that as like a big fuck you to like the high art world and highbrow art or whatever you want to call it. Well, it's, it's, it, yeah. And it's, I mean, like, you know, like, listen, I mean, they built their world. That's cool. Like God bless them, whatever. But like, it's not the only world. There are parallel universes and we're, we're not about the status quo, you know, like we're not, you know, we want to, we want to push the, that's what artists do. Artists disrupt, artists push forward, right. push, right. push culture forward. And, um, and suddenly, you know, as soon as something is real or the original or the, the authentic, it suddenly becomes just about. Kind of the, the the status quo and and uh, yes uh -huh. and, you know and and we want to be pushing the boundaries you know yeah exactly 
Paloma, you are exactly. awesome. I am so I'm, I want to be respectful of your time. Uh, I know we're, we're we're running out, we're running short here. But you know, before we sign off, I just want to say a couple of things. I want to say thank you for being you. Thank you for being part of the Not Real Art family. You know, we we don't. Uh, it's not just about you know awarding the the grant and going away. We really consider you to be part of our community now, and and we we, we want to continue to help support you and celebrate you and promote your work and so on and so forth. So we'll be doing some cool things moving forward that I'll share with you about and later. But I want you to also know that we're always here for you. Like, don't ever hesitate to call or text just to say, hey, what's up, whatever. Or if you have a, a, a challenge or a thought or a problem or something you want some thought partnership on, like that'd be, that's always cool. But um, also, I mean, part of the reason why we wanted to do this podcast today was to um, make sure that people knew about you and knew where to find you and what have you. And I know you're not on Instagram right now, but tell our <laughs> listeners where they can find you online to look and buy your art. What is your website? Um, I do have an online uh, shop through Big Cartel. So the, uh, the way you would find that is palomamontoyaart.bigcartel.com. Got it. Got it. Yeah. And if they Google your name, Paloma Montoya, will they? Well, I guess it will come up as well, right? Yeah, it, it, I, I've done it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got I've it. done it. It's yeah. really cool to me. It's really cool to see that. Right, right, right. <laughs> to see all my art stuff come out. Yeah. But yeah, just you would just Google Paloma Montoya art. Right on. Because if you Google Paloma Montoya, you're gonna get like singers from like Spain and stuff like that. So <laughs> you, you have to put the art in there. Right, right, yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> Oh right, right. uh, yeah, you 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 sing, but uh, but uh, in the shower, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I only sing in the shower. Nobody wants to hear me sing. You probably have a beautiful voice. Oh no, I don't. <laughs> have you ever? Have you ever like when you're singing along to something, and then or like before when you used to have like CD players or record players, and then like the song would skip or stop, and then like it, you would be caught like mid singing or whatever. And then it, it, you just sound horrible. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> that would be me. <laughs> well, I, I, I laugh because I can uh, empathize because I, I'm that same person. You know, my sister and my mother can sing like angels. They have amazing voices. And uh, I, my dad and I are just horrible. Like we just <laughs> can't sing. <laughs> So we just stick to the shower, but so what, so uh, what does the rest of your day look like? Are you going to be in the studio? Are you painting? What What are you doing today? Today? I'm mostly just going to relax today. Nice. Good for you. Yeah. For you. I'm just going to relax today. Um, I do have a commission project. A client is requesting that I paint on them, their motor motorcycle helmet. So I'm probably going to start that this weekend. And then after that, I'm going to work on some personal pieces. Wonderful. I have some wood paddles here. Oh, wow. That reminds me of uh, <laughs> my and I'm gonna, <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to do some paintings on these. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, don't, don't show my wife that. She might want it. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. That's amazing. Well, uh you know, you have to send me a photo of that when I, when that's done. Uh, with yeah, your, for sure. For with sure. your with your fierce dark sense of humor, I know that's going to be a good one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, Paloma, thank you so much for sitting down and, and and chatting today. This is just the first of of much more to come, and uh, we wish you nothing but the best. And thanks again for uh, everything that uh, that you do and being part of our uh, community here at Not Real Art. Oh, thank you. I'm I'm super appreciative. Like I, I think what you guys are doing is great. It's it's amazing. Awesome. Well, thank you, and uh, we'll keep at it, and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk later. Yeah, for sure. Hey there. Thanks for tuning in. Please be sure to like this episode, write a review, and share with your friends on social. And if you haven't already done so, please press the subscribe button and follow us on Instagram at NotRealArtWorld. If you're an artist, be sure to apply for our 2021 artist grant at NotRealArt.com. Sourdough, out.